Hello and welcome to Beer Prime, sponsored by White Ribbon UK. This is episode 56, featuring Luke Wilson from Braybrook Beer Company. Hi again. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Now, if you're a lager fan, and by that I mean proper lager, you're going to love this episode. Luke from Braybrook, a specialist lager-only brewery in the East Midlands, is my guest today. We're going to talk about what their motivation was to start the brewery and why they are sticking to lager as the only, well, virtually only, style of beer that they make. We'll discuss the range that you can get from Lager, and I will try three of their awesome beers. But first, here's a few words from our sponsor. White Ribbon is the UK's leading charity engaging men and boys to end violence against women and girls. Many women in the UK craft beer industry are experiencing this violence in many forms, including sexual assault, sexual harassment, sexism, and misogyny. Is not their problem to fix, it's the responsibility of us men. Me, you, your friends, your family. Here's White Ribbon trustee Dr Stephen Burrell. The fundamental idea is to get men to reflect on the role we can play in trying to prevent violence against women and girls in society from happening in the first place. Recognising that we as men and boys actually have a really positive part to play in challenging that kind of uh, violent and abusive behaviour towards women, which we can see is still far too prevalent in society. But obviously there's lots and lots of men who would never dream of using any kind of violence and therefore those of us who are totally opposed to this perhaps could and should be doing more to speak out about it. White Ribbon does provide an avenue in which men can do something about it and can play a positive role in being part of the solution. So if you feel that you want to be part of that solution, head over to the White Ribbon UK website at www.whiteribbon.org.uk and make the White Ribbon promise never to use, excuse or stay silent about men's violence against women. Maybe even sign up as an ambassador or a champion too. Let's help make the craft beer world a safe place for women. Okay, let's welcome our guest to the show. It's Luke Wilson from Braybrook Beer Company. Hi, Luke. How are you doing? Hi, Paul. I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, I'm going to get cracking open a beer, and I'm going to start with a Helles Lager. Yeah. One of your core range. Yeah. I've got um, one as well, actually. Excellent. That's great. So uh, let's open this and pour. Tell me about this beer. Is Was it one of the first that you brewed? No, actually, the first beer that we brewed was the Keller. Okay. That was our um, starting point for the brewery. Um, but it came along after about a year or so, I think it was. We originally were brewing the Keller and the Session Lager, and then we added in the Helles into the core range. Because the Session is a kind of a mini Pilsner style. The Keller is a bit more rich, amber, malt-forward um, style of beer. And then the Helles kind of sits in between the two, um, still with the lovely malt. Um, core and a classic kind of Helles style and works very well as a house lager as a you know as a at a 4.2 percent it sits nicely and we, we are lucky enough to have it in places as the as the house lager is there you know if there are places that have one lager for example on it's a good one to have yeah absolutely yeah uh, so <clears throat> you're one of the three co-founders of Braybrook tell me a little bit about how it all started so, uh, yeah, there's three of us, um, um, myself, Nick Trower, Cam and Morali. Uh, we have been friends for a long time. I, I have another business, a restaurant in Soho in London called 10 Greek Street, which I've had for 10 years with Cam and Morali, one of my business, our business partners in the brewery. And then Nick um, 
I worked with another company a long time ago and we'd stayed friends and then we, we'd always talked about trying to do something, a brewery together. And yeah, about five, six years ago, we kind of got serious about it and, um, and put it all together. So the three of us, yeah, gone from there really and, 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 and started Braybrook. Okay. Uh, and so you're based just outside of Market Harbour, um, yeah. on the edge of the village called Braybrook. Yeah. So was that uh, is that where you're from? Is that why you started? Yeah, that's yeah, that's my family home there. That family business is is farming. So we're on a farm called Braybrook Farm near Braybrook. The kind of name was was uh, somewhat given to us, as it were. So yeah, so the, the, we're we're a family arable farmers, wheat and rapeseed and barley and that kind of things. And and um, and there was an empty uh, grain store there where we used to dry dry the grain after harvest uh, we built another barn for, for 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 the grain a few years prior and this barn was sitting empty effectively and so we converted it into into the brewery okay and that was back in 2017 yeah 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 we started i believe in 17 and then brewing earnestly in properly in 18 right okay and you are a lager only brewery yeah uh, although um, I've noticed, well, of course, you, you've currently got a cold IPA, um, which yeah. a lot of people will say, oh, it's an IPA, but that's a lager style, um, a despite lager. the name. Yes. Um, but I did notice in looking back on uh, past beers that you brewed a Goza last year. Twice. We've brewed, Twice. Our, right. two non, our two non-lagers have been Gozas. Right. Okay. I'm not why, sure. <laughs> yeah, why, why that? That's, uh, you know, to, for, for a brewery only brewing lagers, just and then throw in a couple of gozers seems just, quite odd. <laughs> just why not, you know? <laughs> it's, I, guess, um, I guess it's a German style, though, isn't it? Exactly, so. yeah. It's a, a very kind of um, classic German style. Our, our then brewer was just came to us and thought it might be quite fun to do it. As you say, we, we, we are... Uh, lager brewery that bases us up on kind of from german principles classic german lager styles as a base and so the goza slightly fitted in with that even though it's not a lager and Mm. and so we made the first one which was quite a classic um style of goes with the coriander seeds and the and the seeds and the salt and then um we teamed up with a chef in Birmingham who we've done a couple of collabs with called Brad Carter, who's got an amazing restaurant called Carter's of Mosley. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wanted to to do a, a beer with us. And having had chats with our head brewer then, he they came up with a goza that had a couple of extra things added in. And so we were like, well, you know, we've done it once. We could do it again kind of thing. So, yeah, so those are the two random non-lager. But, I mean, you know, of it's probably less than 0.1% of the brews we've done. But apart yeah. from that, we are, we are lager, lager, lager. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously it, there are a couple of other breweries around the UK that do the same, uh, Utopian down in Devon, although yeah. uh, they have a kind of different take on it. They brew the sort of German Czech styles, but with only um, British ingredients, um, yeah. but you're, you're bringing in the, the German ingredients. You use malt from Germany, although you do mill that um, on site just before every brew, which is yeah. great. Um, hops from a renowned farm in uh, Tetnang. Yeah. And your house lager yeast is grown for you in Bavaria as well. Yeah. And uh, and shipped overnight. Although I guess you could say that the one ingredient you don't use that's German is your water. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's quite right. Yeah. But uh, I mean, you, I guess you, you treat the water on site to to make it sort of the similar kind of water that uh, German brewers would use. Well, we reverse osmosis the water and strip it back, and then and then yeah, make it into the water that we think is the best water for brewing. Yeah, so we we have a a, a very good reverse osmosis system that does that for us. Excellent. Okay, why did you decide that it was only going to be lagers? Well, I mean, we love all beer. <laughs> go on record and saying love all beers and um nick who's one of my business partners as a um and myself now involved have a beer wholesale company called Beercraft in london that we work with a lot of breweries uh for making fantastic beers we just when we were looking at the brewery we felt at that time that that lager was under 
represented in British breweries. Um, yeah. it's not probably historically what British breweries were renowned for or made, and and with the whole re well growth of the craft beer industry over the last I don't know ten fifteen might even be twenty years now, you know lager hadn't necessarily been something that was focused on, and so we just thought we tried some amazing lagers from Germany and Czech Republic etc. And we just thought if you could replicate or show that lager is when made properly an amazing product and can rival any other beers in the world. Um, yeah. It just had a bit of a, didn't have the reputation here that we thought it should do. And so we thought it'd be nice to focus on, on that. And then at the same time, you know, it was something that wasn't being focused on. And so we felt there was a, probably a little niche there. Mm. And my probably original idea was uh, to make one beer, to make the Keller lager, and then within about a week realized that was a silly idea, but also wasn't what we were trying to do. We're trying to kind of show and showcase lager and show the variety of styles. And we'll see the beers that you're going through tonight. You can see the wide range of of what lager is and can be when yeah. made properly and, and how delicious they are, et cetera. Exactly. And I think that's the quite the key to it. A lot of people who perhaps don't know so much about beer will just consider lager to be, you know, the Carling, Carlsberg, Heineken, Budweiser type beers. Um, and that's it, you know, no, nothing departing that. Whereas, as you said, there is such a range of style just in lager, because of course, lager isn't a style, um, it's a process, isn't it? I and mean, uh, lagering means um, uh, storing in German. So um, a lot of people don't really quite grasp that and their image of lager, perhaps we, you know, more towards the um, the Pilsner and the Hellas. Uh, that's the kind of lagers that I guess they would have seen in, you know, people drinking. Um, but, you know, as you said, we're going to have a dark lager later, Schwarzbier. Um, and, you know, people don't consider those to be lagers or, you know, people not in the know. So what I'm quite interested in is whether you found it quite difficult to sort of win over to types of beer fan. Uh, those who just drink lager but it's the macro stuff yeah um and they're not interested in trying out something else and also you know the um craft beer or camera members who just don't consider lager to be craft or just don't want to try it because they consider it just to be busy and and that's all you know that's all there is to it is that something that you found difficult winning those kind of guys over there's always going to be different opinions. Touchwood, we our stuff seems to be well received, and we're selling through it, and so we're really happy with how it's been going since we started. And so we hope that we're winning over more than we're not. But I think there's a large portion of people that don't necessarily need winning over, uh, that they just want to try really good beers, whether it's Pale Ale or whatever, um, Lager Stout or IPAs or whatever. But yeah, there are we you come across. People who drink real ale who say, oh, I don't drink lager. Um, and conversely, you come across people who drink macro lager who don't really, aren't really, uh, what's the word, naturally inquisitive or naturally trying to try something they like, what they like, and that's great as well. So I don't yeah. think that there's, I mean, and if, I, I don't, sorry, I've got three kids, young kids, okay. and like, it's the same with, with food i'm like if, as long as you try it if you don't like it, you don't like it but but so yeah. like with people you say well that's fine but why don't you try it and if you don't if it's not for you then that's great i don't i don't mind i understand that's the whole point of like food and drink and having opinions and and all of that stuff so it's the same kind of thing like if you get a real ale drink and says it's not you know i don't drink lager you go that's fine but try our keller lager the carbonation is naturally, it's naturally carbonated. It's the malt richness. So it's almost the style is on the, on the way to where you might want to go, but it's still got the crisp refreshingness of lager. Mm. Um, and then for someone who drinks macro lager, you might say, try any of our beers. And if you, if, if you like those, then hopefully you'll like this because it's the, it's the same, it's lager still, but it's just got, you know, it's unfiltered, unpasteurized. It's got depth of flavor. It's, yeah, happy to. I'm happy to be told by people that it's not their bag, but as long as they tried it, I mean, it's, it's 
it's yeah. before people have tried it or opened their minds to try it, then that's obviously a thing. But you, you can't win them all, can you? Because you're doing it right. You know, when we when we call macro lagers, lager, we shouldn't really be doing that because technically, are they allowed to call themselves lager if they're getting it, turning it around in a week? <laughs> you know, you're 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 yeah. doing the right thing, and it's like about what six weeks or something like that, and so from from you know grain to glass. Yeah, and, and you know that's the real meaning of the word in, in you know in, in Germany. It's where it comes from. Is Carling allowed to be called themselves a lager? Yeah, well, it's a it's a it's a good question. Something you could probably argue about for a long time, but I think that yeah, we 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 do our process are are everything traditionally and to stripping it back to where it started. And we think that that creates a product that's worth those processes. We think that the, the added flavor, the depth of flavor, the carbonation, the body of the beer, the crisp refreshingness of the lager, the decoction mash that we do that adds that extra thing to it. We think that's all worthwhile. And we hope that people agree with us and then they buy our bits. You know, that's the kind of yeah the the way it works. If they don't agree with us, then don't, don't buy a bit and that's fine. But, you know, so it, we think it's worthwhile. Whether or not macro lagers should be and can be calling themselves lagers, then obviously as a, as a small artisan producer that's doing the, the, the long haul, I might say that's, you know, that they don't do the same thing as us. They don't necessarily naturally carbonate. They don't lager for the appropriate amount of times. They use other things to increase to to speed up the lagering process. They don't do the coction mash, and what you end up in the glass is a fizzy blonde liquid that you know is not what originally lager was thought of. Yeah, yeah. So you know that, but there is they do sell a lot of beer, so there's got they, to... they do they do yeah i mean i i guess you know you use a, a word um when describing them earlier um that they're not inquisitive um and i think that's the thing i think with a lot of people that that, that you know that buy those beers it's not really about the flavor um it's just a means to having a drink and getting drunk i, I think probably and i think is... also like there's sorry to interrupt but right. there's always like if I go into a pub and there's an, an interesting beer amongst the others, then I'll naturally tend towards trying it because I really like trying new beers and et cetera, et cetera. But I also know on a hot summer's day, if I just want a refreshing pint of lager, then it could be a macro lager, if it, you know, be, because it's serving a purpose. So yeah, there yeah. is that, there is that as well that you, you know, that you, sometimes you want that crisp, clean, it's not particularly what I would go for, but, but I can see the occasion. I just yeah. think that you can have that crisp, refreshing, clean flavour from a lager plus the depth of flavour, the body, the mm. natural carbonation. And also, as I keep talking about the, the carbonation, like, so you don't drink one and you feel really bloated and you can't drink anymore. That the, It's much easier drinking. The body is really nice. And as I say, you don't, it's not a harsh bubble. It's a softer, finer bubble. It's a nicer drinking process and you don't feel too bloated afterwards you feel like you can drink another one it has a drinkability to it yeah yeah i mean that question was kind of brought on as well by a an article that i saw in the financial times yeah. uh, called uk's lager revolution in which uh, you featured yeah um, and it was it was funny to see some of the comments um both under the article itself and under the uh the the tweet uh, of the article and I'm going to read some of those out. There were plenty. There were plenty of good ones as well. Obviously, okay. So the first one: it's fizzy, even if it isn't quite flavourless. Do yourself a favour and drink real ale instead. <laughs> uh, the next one I thought was hilarious. Um, it's still Europeish, even when produced here. Okay, is that a bad thing? Oh, well, <laughs> exactly. Um, sorry, but I'm sticking with my twattish, overpriced craft pale owls in fancy cans. Fair enough. Um, and uh, bitter is better. So bitter is better. Bitter is better. So, so yeah. So basically, uh, as I say, that was amongst lots and lots of uh, you know, positive, great comments as well. Um, but it just sort of led me to think, what well, you know, those those ones that kind of are the real owl fans um, and 
and, and craft beer fans that perhaps haven't drunk so many lagers. Because when you started, lager wasn't represented that well in craft beer. Um, maybe a few brews producing one or two here or there, here and there. It's not like it is nowadays where you've got you know a few breweries producing lots of lagers and tons and tons of other breweries putting out two or three, uh, maybe even more than that a year. So I'm wondering... Well, I mean, what obviously we, we you've already answered the question, but my sort of my wonder was those people that perhaps have been drinking real owls for quite some time might have been harder to to win around than than those perhaps entering the market, so to speak, over the last five to ten years. Like I I completely agree with you, but we don't come from the lager is the only way. Not be- bitter is better. I like bitter. I like real ale. We like all types of beer. We just happen to concentrate on making lagers, and we think lagers can rival all the beers in the in the world for quality. But I'll I'll go out and I'll drink a lager, or I'll drink a pale ale, or it makes me sound like I'm drinking. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I don't yeah. think it needs to be set up as a battle. Like I might drink a macro lager yeah. at some point. I might drink a, a a more often than not, I would drink a craft beer, but. You know, we can be all together in this, and yeah. I've, so yeah. that was my. I, I mean, perhaps the way I phrased it made it sound as if it is kind of a battle. But what I what I meant was, of course, as any brewery will be wanting to sell its beer to as many customers as possible, and I guess when a brewery is producing the more popular styles of, I, I know, I know, lager is probably the most popular style of beer, but. In, in terms of craft um, beers and sort of real ales, breweries that are churning out lots of IPAs and Nipahs and bitters and yeah. ESPs and things like that, that's what people are buying in that kind of, you know, in our craft bubble, let's say. Um, and I was just sort of thinking that um, when you're producing only lagers, you're trying to, as I say, you're trying to sell that to as many people as possible. So you've got to attract people that may have had a negative attitude towards, um, you know, the, the macro lager drinkers would have a negative attitude towards craft beer of any nature, probably, you know, a, a lot of them, not necessarily all. Um, and, you know, the older real ale drinkers may may have sort of just identified lager as what the macro um, breweries have been producing for, for so long. And so, therefore, even if they see a craft brewer produce a lager, they might not give might not give it a go on that basis, but uh, I mean, it sounds like you're you're doing well, which is fantastic. Well, um, we're trying, and, you know, it's no, not absolutely. I, and you know, the lagers. Are, I, I mean, I'm just coming to the kind of last uh, few sips of the hellos while we've been talking, and yeah. it's absolutely beautiful, as you said, crisp, but you know, so full of flavour. Um, and I'm looking forward. The next one I'm going to open is the barbecue hellas. So yeah. um, that's. Yeah going to sort of add another dimension to to the beer so interested to to open that and try that in, in a mo um but before i do that i should ask the question any chance that there might be other styles coming in future or are you are you going to stick to your guns and generally be lager only no we'll stick to our guns like uh the gozers was really as i explained that that there was one we our head brewer then wanted to make a gozer and and you know, we kind of, my first instinct was, I know we make lager, but then I, you know, I, I, he wanted to make it classic German style and we loved it. It was really classic, goes crisp, refreshing for a certain time or certain food. You know, it's, uh, goes are delicious. Um, and then the second one came out of a collab, but yeah, no, we, we are lager focused and that's what we're, so we've got no plans to do anything. We, you know, as you say, we've done the, the, the cold IPA, which I've got here, mm-hmm. um, which is a lager, but it's you know it's an IPA made with a lager yeast. Effectively, you you, you make you, you put the yeast up at a higher temperature, but you're it's you're making an IPA with a yeast uh, with a lager yeast. Sorry, uh, so things like that we're experimenting with, and and has had Touchwood really good feedback because it's a got that hoppy fruity. IPA forward style, but then that still got the crisp bitter lager finish to it, which we really like, and we really think that other people like that keeps it clean and fresh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, the answer is no. We're 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 doing uh, 
we're doing lagers and then and and with our core with our specials and then when we do collabs with people we try and make it a lager because that's what we're you know yeah. we like the idea of focusing on one thing and really trying to do the best version of that the best lagers that's what we're really driven to to do so um yeah okay if we did it people ask uh, um, as you can imagine all the time especially the minute will you do a non-alcoholic beer will you do a gluten-free beer or will you do this and and i always answer that maybe it's our personality or my personality or, or my business partners as well and the brewer is that if we did it we'd really want to make it the best one in the market and it's not saying that there aren't other great ones and we couldn't do that but we wouldn't want to take focus away from what we're doing now and so if we did a gluten-free beer we'd want to really focus on doing it we don't want to just do it as a an extra thing to add into our arsenal and, yeah. and not really do it properly or you know mm -hmm. same with the non-alcoholic beer if we did it we'd really want to do it and you have to invest some money and time and you know so it, it's we just like that idea of really zoning in on one style as yeah. it were. Okay, excellent. Well, I mean, as we said before, there is plenty of variety in lager. Anyway. Well, yeah, and that's so, the other thing, so, yeah. So that, us... that, that, yeah, that works. Right. Okay. I'm going to open the barbecue, Heather's. Yeah. So going from uh, normal to barbecue. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, you've got the two Heller's on the, on the, uh, yeah lineup which is great to try them and, next to each other and this is a maple syrup edition yeah this is um okay who's that with with mondo brewery which are in battersea who are really good friends of ours they started a few years before us and tom and todd who own and run the brewery have been massively helpful and are really good friends of ours and as we've set up and and so we we did a double collab with them last year, uh, this year, this year, sorry, where we did one at theirs. We did a Schwarz beer with them in Battersea. And then we did a barbecue Helles up at ours. So we were talking about like when you do a collab, you have a conversation. What should we do? What are people liking? What are they fancying? One of their guys, I think, suggested, how, why don't we do a kind of a smoke, like a Schenkeller smoked Helles kind of style which we'd done the year before. We did a straight barbecue Helles last year. And then Tom, who's one of the, the owners, said, oh, well, why don't we add maple syrup? And uh, Todd, who is the, the other owner, his dad actually makes maple syrup in Connecticut in the US. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we got, the, we got the maple syrup from there and used that. I mean... I thought I tried maple syrup. It's probably exactly like the beer argument. You know, I buy maple syrup from a supermarket and I think that's what it tastes like. And then I tried this and I was like, you know, it's a whole <laughs> other ball game. Yeah. So it was really interesting. And our brewers were super into it and we had a great time. And uh, we think it produced a really wonderful beer. It's got this smokiness to it. We called it Barbecue Helles originally. We do a smoked beer, which comes out around the end of October, beginning of November, around Guy Fawkes Night, and that's a bit more smoky, bit more amber, you know, a bit bit richer. And then we did a barbecue Hellas originally last year, which we just wanted to have like maybe ten percent smoke malt, just to give a little bit of smokiness to the refreshing Hellas style. Yeah, and without being too corny, but literally to be drinking whilst you're having a barbecue, or if you're eating eating barbecue meat, smoked meats, all that kind of stuff, or, you know, it's that kind of easy drinking, but a little bit of smokiness. Smoked beers always, as I'm sure you'll know, cast a bit of opinion. Yes, definitely. Um, and, and it's a bit of a Marmite style. People love it. We thought that maybe this would be a little bit of a, a gateway, <laughs> a gateway to smoke beers kind of thing. So, yeah. And then, and then they actually, like, Tom was completely correct in that the maple syrup really added this dimension to it that kind of gave it a sweetness but then the smoke kind of rounded off so it wasn't too sweet it was mm. it, they worked very well I think kind of like a maple smoked bacon you know that kind of like yes yeah smoky, right. sweet kind of slightly that kind of style absolutely and I'm I've actually had your first um, barbecue hellos because I think you were serving it uh, you're pouring at uh, the Anspach and Hob Day Festival in August yeah. last year. 
yeah, yeah. Um, so I had that and I really enjoyed it. I'm on the I'm on the side of the argument for smoked beers that I enjoy them. I do like them. Yeah. Um, I like Schlenkerler, as you said. Um, you know, it's a beautiful beer. Quite right. A lot smokier than this. Um, this is definitely a kind of halfway house between the two. Um, but I'm loving it. I'm really enjoying. Oh, good. Thank you. The, the smoking is. I mean, the aroma you're getting is yeah, literally, you know, as you said, bacon and smoked yeah. ham and. Uh, and when you're, you know, on the palate, it's smoky enough, but it's not overpowering. Yeah. The masters of smoky beers are out in Bamberg. Yeah. Um, I hear you uh, are a big fan of Marsbrow in particular in in Bamberg. Yeah, and I should have explained that at the beginning. Sorry, when I, we first were talking about how we began. So Nick, who has beer craft as well, one of the first beers that he had on his portfolio was Marsbrow. Um, and he, as these stories work, went out to Bamberg when he was starting his wholesale company, went to Marsbrow, brewery been going since 1855 or something like that, you know, a long time and met Stefan, Stefan and was like, can I import your beer? Stefan was like, that sounds great. You know, let's give it a go. And then it, and it went from there, became good friends with him. I met him. And, and then when we were setting up the Braybrook, we went out and saw him, asked his advice, you know, he was incredibly helpful. And it was one of the reasons that we kind of thought of having a traditional German background to the brewery ingredients wise. And, and as I say, he was very helpful with all of that. And so, um, yeah, the Bamberg, the whole place, it's magical and amazing. So it was a massive influence for us and, and Marsbrow especially. So yeah, we're really, uh, really count that as an important place for us. Mm, mm. Okay, fantastic. So all of your beers come in bottles in the 330ml kind of stubbier size bottles, which is great because they fit in my beer fridge um, on the the top shelf of my beer fridge. That's why we did it for you, Paul. Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Are you going to sort of stay with bottles? Any plans to go into cans or or do you just think your product suits bottles better? Yeah, we like the bottles. They suit us. They work well. It's the German style, so a little nod to that as well we might do a larger format bottle at some point we've got a new bottling machine we'll hopefully install at some point this year or beginning of next next year uh, that will might allow us to do the 330s and a 500 or something like that uh, or something you know a 750 maybe but no the the plan is to stay is to stay with bottles okay uh you offer up a monthly subscription service the braybrook lager club Exactly. Um, where subscribers will get 12 beers, a mixture of core specials and guest beers for £35 a month. So I worked out that's an average of £2.92 per beer. And considering that if buying them online separately, your beers go from 2 90 to 3 20 with, uh, you know, the, like the cold IPA, for example, at the moment is 3 70 That's really good value because, you know, you're getting the beers at, pretty much the lowest possible price and i dare say that even if you have a, a few specials in there they're, they're probably worth a bit bit more as well depending, on, if they're depending on who they are 500 so. yeah exactly so i mean that's a really good value club for people to join if they if they like lagers and you also get 10 percent off additional purchases yeah um so that's pretty good and um, when did that come into play uh, about a year ago uh, august of last year we've been thinking about doing it for a while and the whole web shop and, and that kind of stuff we developed very much. As you can imagine, part of COVID and that stuff was, we were very heavily on trade focused when COVID hit. And and so we had to slightly readjust, temp, not temporary, you know, like hmm. relook at that. And so we set up the web shop and, and as was the first part of COVID was quite um, just kind of hands were getting through it and then once the dust settled a bit we 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 kind of looked at our website realized we could make some changes and so we did we um, did some big changes and as part of that we thought oh we should do a lager club we are championing lager and trying to make it you know and trying to bring it into people's focus and so yeah we thought a lager club was a really nice idea six of the 12 will be the core beers the keller the session and and the helles and then six are either collabs or specials that we've done. We have some seasonal specials like the smoked lager, 
um, that we do every year at the same time. And then we, we, we have a series of specials that we, of collabs, sorry, or, or, or kind of seasonal specials that, not seasonal, sorry, that we just kind of tag in and out. And then one or two guest beers that we order in that we just think are really great lagers mm. from other producers, yeah. British and and non-British. Um, okay. And it's, yeah, it works really nicely, I think. I think it's a nice thing for people who are into it, want to try different things. It's a kind of combination. You get your, your classics plus some interesting things. So Yeah. Excellent. Well, that sounds great. Uh, certainly, as you say, to, to people who um, want to try a nice variety of lagers, yeah. um, to get those every month. In terms of your branding, a lot of breweries are going with some, you know, ultra elaborate artwork on the cans. You've gone for like quite a simple branding, but it's, I believe anyway, very effective because it's very consistent. You know exactly what you're getting. Everything is front and center. We like that style of quite clean, strong, quite timeless branding. We like uh, our inspirations were other drinks brands, other food brands, other non-food uh, and drink brands that have that similar style. Yeah, we like that strong, that strong, simple, clean. And we feel like the branding can sit anyway. You know, we, we're very lucky that we supply some fantastic restaurants in London and we feel like the bottles can sit really happily on those tables in some michelin star restaurants and it can also sit in my home and it can sit in a pub and it can sit you know in a shop and it and it and it looks strong and clean and stands out so we like the fact that it's you know it's got that and and i suppose we are also like the idea of keeping it clean and simple so you like the branding but then it's what's inside the bottle is what you're focusing on the, yeah. the liquid and and that's the main thing yeah Absolutely. And I should say my, my wife does all the labels, so they're obviously my favorite. Right. Amazing. They are. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. <laughs> she does a fantastic job. She's very talented. Uh, and so, yeah. Yeah, so we're, we're really happy with them. Fantastic. You've got the beer garden and tap room coming soon. How soon are we talking? Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully there are plans afoot. So it should hopefully be next year sometime. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. And what's the, what's the plans? Is it going to be what kind of capacity you're looking at? Uh, we're not entirely sure yet. Not massive. Um, it, we're, we're hopefully going to get a little bit of a bigger brew house so we can make a bit more beer. Not Again, not fast, just a little bit more. And then a tap room that, you know, when people are coming down, they can have a, have a beer or two and relax and local um, custom plus other people coming from further afoot. We're, we're on a quite a farm remote location, so it's very nice out, you know, out of town, out of um, the city relaxing um a decent amount of outdoor space very family friendly cyclists walkers that kind of stuff so yeah uh, you know so i think it's yeah. um, a little bit more common maybe in germany but also in new zealand and america these kind of farmhouse breweries that have mm. rooms that you go for the day and you have a beer and then some food and there's some games for the kids to play and you know it's uh yeah, yeah so that's that's the idea yeah so we're just in the planning stages you know just kind of getting our plans drawn up now okay superb that'd be good to look forward to yeah, so that's going to be sort of amongst the um amongst the brew kit as well or well not obviously in amongst the brew kit but kind of one of those kind of classic tap rooms where you're sitting within sight of the of the uh, of the equipment hopefully yeah and the, the plan is to um, to have a kind of a glass, big glass screen into the brewery so you can see what's going on in there. And then the tap room, as I say, it's all in one, in the one barn. Mm. Yeah. Fantastic. So the, uh, okay. Yeah, exciting, right. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. That'd be very good. Uh, right. I'm going to go on to the last beer then. So this is one of the collabs you were talking about. Um, it's a Schwartz beer and it's a collaboration with Daya. Yeah. I understand actually this is one just like Mondo um you sort of did a home and away collab with them as well we did yeah yeah we I, I like this idea of doing we get an excuse to do it twice which is brilliant and, yeah. and get to see each other's setups and kits and stuff and and the guys at Daya are brilliant so we had a we had a wonderful time our brewer went down there and, and did a Oktoberfest beer down there with them and then um and then um 
Gareth came up and we did a we did a collab um, up at ours, which is what you're pouring now, which is the spark the spark spear. Yeah. Okay. So it's in my glass. I do love a Schwarz beer. Um, I love dark beers, and I, and I definitely over the last few years have been um, very much into a lot of lagers. So having a nice combination of them is is perfect. Yeah, and I think it's an underrated style as well, the Schwarz mm. beer. Um, yeah, because you you get those that that dark roasted um, notes, but you also still have that crisp, clean lager finish. So you get the best of both worlds. Oh, absolutely. And you write about the roasty notes and so far, just literally, it's like a smack in the face. It's just great. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Mm. Mm. That is that is beautiful. Um, okay. So in terms of the collabs, obviously I'm drinking the collaboration with Dea. Um, the last one we had was the, the Mondo one as well. Um, what do you look for when you're agreeing a collab, you know, if somebody comes to you about uh, about doing one, or, or you're searching for somebody to to come and brew with you, what do you actually look for when you're trying to set up a collaboration brew? They happen quite organically. Um, on the whole, so far we're quite a young brewery, so touch with you know we you meet people at festivals and cross paths in lots of different formats, and and it just kind of. They tend to happen organically. They're really fun things. They add beers to your collection that are interesting and and different, and it's really nice. It's you know the the idea of two good breweries getting together with minds together and 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 um, making something together is is exciting and it's great to try. And you know they don't make up. You know our core beers are obviously our core business, but to have these as as exciting added extras for the brewers, it's great. It adds a creative side to their jobs, and they're also one-offs in that you can try something a little bit different. The day of one that you're drinking has spruce tips in mm. with a with the black beer that that Gareth and Alexis, our head brewer, discussed and thought would work well. So it's uh it's just exciting it's fun it's it's nice to do that it's nice to meet other people it's nice to see other people's breweries for them to come see us and you know it's craft beer is a lot about community and and breweries together and and so yeah. it's it i i think it's a it's a nice thing to do so i you know our specials are a bit more or we try to be a little bit more right we should do this then and that then and we'll do the smoke lager then and and then every now and again we go oh we've got a free tank could we do a the brewer says, I'd really like to make a something or other. And you go, that sounds great. But the mm. collabs happen a bit more organically either. You know, you, you call them up, they call you up or you're having a beer somewhere and you think that'd be really nice to do. So yeah, it, so far it happens like that. Maybe we should be more <laughs> organized. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It, it's, um, uh, yeah. You mentioned tanks there, like uh, you know, having a free tank. Obviously producing only lagers is quite space- well, what's the word I'm looking for here? Space um, filling. Space filling, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. It's consuming. That, that kind of yeah. thing, yeah. Uh, because, of course, as we said earlier, you know, your your beers, you'll be um, in the tank for, you know, four to six weeks, whereas yeah. maybe somebody producing parallels, you know, they could get away sometimes with three or four. So, you know, it's that, that kind of time. So um, have you got a lot of you've got a lot of tanks or do you just well, manage it? Yeah, really a lot well? of lagering tanks, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a lot of, of storage tanks. We have a certain amount of fermentation vessels and then and but obviously more lagering tanks so that once fermentation is done we can transfer and they can lager. But yeah, it's one of the natures of having a lager brewery is that you can that you you, you need a lot of tanks but a lot of lagering space and you have to be a yeah. bit more patient. It takes it takes longer. And yeah. and it takes as long as it takes and we have general rules of thumb for each beer. But if they take a day longer, they take a day longer. So there's a lot of QC. There's a lot of monitoring. There's a lot of mm. making sure the beers are, are consistent. But what's the uh, Grolsch? Is it the Grolsch? Stop. It's not ready. Oh, you know, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you just have to You have to be a bit patient. But, mm. you know, that, it's just one of the things that you know going in. Every now and again, you're like, oh, it would be great if we could produce a beer in three weeks. But 
but it's not what you're doing, is it? Well, we don't. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I mean, as you say, you're sticking to your guns, you're producing lagers, and you're doing it the right way. So that that comes with the with the the, the requirement for that patience. I mean, yeah. how many how many times you brew in a week? At the minute, about four or five, sometimes okay. six, seven, depending on tank space. We're quite limited on tank space at the minute, is but it's between four to seven depending on the week. We do mm. a couple of double brews. We try to brew four times, four days a week, and clean on a Friday normally. Yeah, run a five-day operation. So yeah, mm. but it, it it varies just depending on you know. And then, as is the nature of beer and especially lager, you know, the summer it gets crazy, yeah. and so spring, beginning of the spring, going into the early summer, you're really health leather, and and you're still busy the rest of the year. But yeah, there's obviously mm. peaks and troughs. Yeah, yeah, okay. You mentioned festivals um, a little while back. You had your own festival uh, earlier this year, um, yeah. not too long ago, uh, yeah, the, the Harvest, Harvest Party. Yeah. How did, how did that go? It was great, thank you. Yeah, we had 350 people at the party. Wow. Um, it's a, maybe the fourth time we've done it. The first two years we did it, it was kind of just mates and a few people came over and uh, we did it the first year to kind of thank the builders who'd helped build the brewery and the farmers that work on the farm who we're good friends with and, you know, and, and kind of we help out and they help out and, you know, it's just a general, let's have a bit of a celebration. And then the third year we were going to, we thought, oh, maybe we should kind of make this a thing and open it up to the public. And then COVID came, so we didn't do that. And then, uh, 2021 we we started it again and yeah we did a little bit bigger and then this year was a little bit bigger and it was yeah it was great with touch wood the weather was good we had a selection of amazing music one of our one of our brewers jimmy is a is a musician and got a great band and got friends with bands and djs and stuff so he did all that and um my other business is is a restaurant in soho so we 10 greek street did all the food and yeah we had really nice group of friends and locals and people who came from further afield and yeah, just a day to sell it. It's not, I wouldn't say it's a festival. I always think festivals are multiple days. It's a party, you know, it's one right. day. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's the idea is that we keep doing it. And I, we might keep it that same size or we might try and make it a bit bigger and, you know, put it into, cause we're on a farm, we've got fields, you know, there's, there's space. Absolutely. Yeah. Plenty and, of space. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so we'll, we'll see how it, how it, grows but yeah it's it's nice it's nice to sit back celebrate have your friends your family you know and also people who drink the beer who you might not have met before come and see the brewery and be able to put that into perspective and i think that's really nice and also the local um people from braybrook a lot of people hadn't necessarily been to the brewery before and it, we're literally half a mile from the village so it's very family friendly loads of kids loads of games and just a nice mm. day so yeah, we'll hopefully keep doing it. Fantastic. Excellent. Well, I hope to get down to one. Yeah, it's it's sometime around the beginning of September we normally are trying to do it. Right. It's kind of when harvest, depending on the year, obviously, nearing the end of harvest. You know, okay. yeah. Excellent. I've got a, a little thing that I do on the podcast where I ask the guest to pose a question to the next guest. Okay. So, uh, so I'm going to be coming to you and asking you to pose a question in a moment. Yeah. But you first have got, got to answer the question that Dave Grant from Fearspear posed um, from the last episode. Okay. Um, so Dave said, What are your views on low alcohol beers and do you intend to get into them? Good question. My uh, my views are that it's an emerging, exciting market. There's a lot going on. A lot of people wanting to drink low alcohol or no alcohol, which is great. Um, and I think the quality of the those beers are improving all the time. There are some fantastic breweries making yeah. them, and it's obviously a big growth area. Mm. As I alluded to earlier, uh, you know, uh, to make a re I think personally to make a really good low alcohol lager. You need a certain some certain equipment that costs a lot of money. There's a lot of investment involved, and I also personally would, if I was going to do it, would really like I 
Lucky Saint, for example, I really like that they've just they've gone. That's what we do. We do a low alcohol. That's I'm, yeah. I think maybe I've just got a strange personality trait that I like. They're <laughs> concentrating on that thing, and so uh, we don't have plans to do it. I mean, never say never. We made a gozer, as you know, like so. There, there's there can always be, but at the minute we don't have plans to do it. But yeah, I completely. Uh, and if I was more commercially minded, or if we get in a commercial director, I'm sure they probably might point out the potential of that market and that low and no but we do have you know the session lager which was one of our original beers was designed it's 3.8 it's not super low but it's designed to be a table style of beer low easy drinking but still have the depth of flavor and the hoppiness of a, a really good pilsner but not necessarily with the strength of a of a classic german pilsner yeah something that you can sip and drink and uh, and take your time over. So yeah, so I see the the potential and the promise, and also the the need, but we don't have any plans at the minute. Okay, okay, brilliant. Uh, so can you give me a question to ask the next guest, please? <laughs> I would say, what about just naming the top three beers that they've drunk this year? Okay, top three beers they've drunk this year. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Be interesting to see. And they don't have to say Braybrook, obviously. <laughs> well, oh, naturally, but it'd be nice if they did. Well, yeah. <laughs> Luke, it's been excellent talking to you. Um, thank thank you. you so much for spending the time. Um, and uh, I do look forward to finding myself in the kind of Braybrook, Market Harbour area at some point in the future and uh, dropping by and having a beer. In, yeah, brilliant. In your new tap room or, or, or at the Harvest Party next year. Absolutely. Yeah, please come down and, and thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure and uh, really, really enjoyed it. No worries. Thanks for your time again. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks. Take care. Great to chat with Luke. And those three lagers were exceptional. I'm really looking forward to working through all of the other beers that I've got of theirs too, which include another of that Dea Schwartz beer. Really looking forward to having that one again. So that's all for this episode. Join me in a couple of weeks when I'll be chatting with another great guest. In the meantime, follow my beer musings on Twitter and Instagram. My username on both sites is at beerprimeuk. My website address is www.beerprime.co.uk, which I really must update soon, especially as I recently got a big billion for it. In terms of this podcast, I'd appreciate a follow and if the platform you listen on allows ratings and feedback, then that would be awesome to receive some of that too. Be it good or bad, I'm always happy to hear what you think of the show. See you in a couple of weeks. Cheers.